0: So are y'all ready to pray for me? (laughs) Here we go. Lord, I thank you for this night. Thank you for the day that you have given us. I thank you for the word that you have spoken. I thank you for your strength and that um, when we need you, you are the ever-present help in time of trouble. And God, I am in trouble and I need you in this moment, and I thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful. I ask, Father, that whatever you want to be accomplished tonight in this teaching, that it would be accomplished. Through me, I present myself as a vessel that you need to work through because I am not enough unless you come. Lord, I ask that you would open the hearts of every hearer, every listener, and let the seed of your word fall on good ground. If our hearts are not good ground, then begin to prepare our hearts so that we can receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say amen. All right, so I'm kind of on a development kick right now. I'm going to stay on it. It's time for development. Because we have to develop, it is imperative, and the the urgency that I feel is we have to develop as a core group so we can handle the next influx of the harvest, okay? So you have a responsibility with the next harvest that's coming. Now, I I do want to look, if you have started coming to Covenant Church in the last year, since last Mother's Day... I just want you to raise your hand. If you started coming since last Mother's Day. All right. So, look. Look around. Look around. Now, all of these, it's, it's going to be double, double even coming in in the next year. So, we cannot, um, we cannot plan on just the old core to handle the new influx. It is time for the core to get bigger, and, and um, which is going to require some development. So my lesson tonight is called, it is time to get big on the inside. It is time to get big on the inside. And let me tell you where that is coming from. My son, Jaron, uh, he just a couple weeks ago played his last baseball game. He was an avid baseball player, loved it. Played, I think, probably starting at three years old in, oh, baseball. He absolutely, he loved it since before he could play it, watching his brother play. And so he became a pitcher, wanted to be a pitcher, uh, and worked really, really hard around six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and pitched all the way through his junior year. And um, there were times, I think Jaron's little team, I think Jaron has been to the state playoffs five times. And all five times got second place. <laughs> never. And, and how spoiled were we to say second place again? Because Bryce is like, are you kidding me? I never even went to state. I never even made it to the tournament. And you're crying because you got second place again. So I think he got second place five times, which means he played in five championships and um, and went home with second second place. It It was a whole lot of fun. But... His Uncle Chuck, who was one of his biggest fans, he would, what would happen? He would get on the mound, and we would be behind, and the pressure was heavy. The pressure was intense as a 10-year-old little boy, little, stepping up on that mound with people watching him, and his uncle would holler out, you got to get big on the inside." You got to get big on the inside. And what he was telling him was, don't hang your head, rise to the occasion. Don't you melt on that mound. As long as you're pitching, the game is not over. But if you don't get big on the inside, you will cave under the pressure. All right? So as a church, it is time for every one of us that are following Jesus Christ, it is time to get big on the inside. Look over to your friend and say, You gotta get big on the inside. All right, so our vision here at CCOET is this I want you to follow me closely that the Holy Spirit would empower us to love the unlovable, touch the untouchable, and reach the unreachable, so that Jesus Christ would be exalted. To his rightful place as Lord and Savior in the hearts of all mankind. Okay? That is our vision. That the Holy Spirit would, everybody say, empower. empower. That empowerment is not on the outside, that is getting big on the inside. Okay? In January, our senior pastor put this vision before us. And I, lo- I went and looked back at the slide that he um, had Carissa make for us. And it was to create an atmosphere. Where people would be moved to repentance, drawn to be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and would feel comfortable seeking the Holy Ghost. That is Acts 2.38 right there. That is what Peter told the people on the day of Pentecost. And, and his challenge before us is that we would create an atmosphere where that would happen. I think we baptized like 70 people last year. And we've got, we're on a good track for that this year. We're baptizing just about every single Service So, but it's to create that's on us, okay? So, both of these statements require something of this body of believers, okay? It requires that we transition. Everybody say, I'm, I'm kind of scanning the building and I see I'm teaching, a, I'm, not, I'm not teaching today a lot of first timers. So, I'm really going to... Um, relax into teaching my spiritual children, okay? Both of these statements require that we do this, transition. Everybody say transition. Transition. We have to transition from the reached to the reacher, from the loved to the lover, from the interceded for to the interceder from the lame to the lifter from the invited to the inviter from the served to the server from the receiver to the giver because look that the Holy Spirit would empower us to love we we have been loved Everybody that's sitting on these pews, if it's not your first or second or just first, second or third time here, then I know you've been loved because when you walk through those doors, you were loved. Okay? Our goal though is not to just leave you as the person who desires to be loved. Our purpose as your pastor, pastors, is to transition you from the loved to the loving. From the reached How many of you were unreachable at one point? Raise your hand. Guess what? You're here. That means you've been reached. But you're only halfway there. It's time now for you to transition from the reached to the reacher. This is the reached. Somebody gave you a hand up. This is the reacher. And they both are hands out. But we will not. We will let you come into Covenant Church with your hand out. And only for a certain amount of time will we let you come out with your hand out to be reached. And then we're going to say, hey, get your hand out now and be the reacher. You don't stay in this posture of always needing to be reached, always needing to be fed, always needing everybody else to do it for you. Stick your hand out, grab somebody else, and reach them. Okay? We're going to look at the life of the person that Jesus Christ told, I will give you the keys to the kingdom? Who is that? Who did Jesus say, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven? Who did he say that to? Peter. Everybody say Peter. Have you heard of Peter? Okay. We're going to look at the life of Peter. Kenneth, here you go. And uh, let me see who's up there. Miss Michaela, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. And Jesus, I'm not going to wait on her. Um, so if she ever doesn't have it, don't worry. You can just listen because uh, you can write down these scriptures and study them at home. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. And Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Okay. Peter was receiving an invitation from Jesus. Peter here was the invited. Okay. Peter was the invited. Got it? Everybody say, the invited. The invited. Peter was on the other side of the invitation. He was on the receiving end of the invitation. He was the invited. Okay. Now, let's look at at another um, scripture with Peter. It is Matthew 14, 25 through 31. See if you can see here where Peter is the reached. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying... Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. There Peter is the invited again. You see that? And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. He's the reached. Jesus is the reacher. You see it? Okay. So, so far, we see him as the invited and the reached. Now, we're going to see Peter as the taught. Matthew 15, 15. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, explain this parable to us so Jesus said to him are you still without understanding and he explained it so here you see Peter on the receiving end of instruction he is the taught Uh, Matthew 17 and one Peter is on the receiving end of leadership he is the led. now after six days Jesus took Peter James and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. You see that? He's on the receiving end. All this with Jesus, he's on the receiving end. He was the lead. How many of you know the story where as Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, Peter denied Jesus three times? Go study that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Peter denied Jesus three times. Three different times he said, I don't know him. I don't know him. Three different denials. Then in John chapter 21, I'm not going to have her go to it, but read John chapter 21 and you will see where Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He's like, Yes, Lord, I love you. Ask him again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And he asked a third time, Peter, Do you love me? And Peter's like, God, you know I love you. Let me tell you why he did it three times. Because for every denial, there came an opportunity for restoration. On this end, Peter is on the end of the receiving end of the denier being restored. Here in John 21, Peter was the denier restored. All right. John 21, that is John 21, 15, 16, and 17. So we're seeing in the life of Peter here, he's the invited, he's the reached, he's the taught, he's the led, and he's the denier that was restored. How many of you have ever been invited by the Lord or by somebody How many of you came to church because you were invited by somebody? Okay, so you've been the invited. How many of you already said this? You were unreachable, but I'll let you raise your hand again. How many of you have been the reached? It took you to be reached. How many of you have been on the receiving end of instruction? I mean, everybody should raise their hand right now. (laughs) or I'm going to wonder where you are. How many of you have needed to be led and you have been on the receiving? Okay, I'm looking. You've been on the receiving end of good leadership. (laughs) how many of you have needed restoration yeah okay so every one of us God has been so faithful to us and we have been on the receiving end now there's a difference here we're in Matthew Mark Luke and John we get to Acts and these Matthew and Acts are in chronological order Mark and Acts are in chronological order Luke and Acts are in chronological order and John and Acts are in chronological order okay so Mark happened and then went right into Acts because Matthew Mark Luke and John are the story of the life the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Acts actually begins with Jesus still on the earth Acts chapter 1 and it begins with Jesus telling them hey I've got a promise for you of empowerment. Acts 1 and 8. He says, go wait for me, for my promise. Go wait in Jerusalem. Here's why. Because I want to empower you so that you can be a witness for me. So they waited, and in Acts chapter 2, you see, you can read, that The day of Pentecost was fulfilled, and the Holy Spirit filled the room with empowerment. Okay? So you've got Peter as the one that's invited, the one that's reached, the one that's taught, the one that's led, the one that's restored. And then you see Jesus saying, I'm going away. Now, I want to fill you with my power. He didn't say, I want to put on... I don't, I want to put on you. I know that's the wrong grammar, so I'm having a hard time saying that. He didn't say, I want to put my power on you. Because he knew that it was going to require them getting big, not on the outside, on the inside. So he said, I want to fill you. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to rest On you the Holy Spirit doesn't come to sit beside you the Holy Spirit comes to get inside of you because you got to be able to be big on the inside okay so acts 1 happened and then acts 2 happened right off the bat acts 2 we see Peter acts 2 and 12 12 13 14 15 and 16 We see Peter where he says, it says, so they were all amazed and perplexed. These are people that are looking in from the outside. And they saw um, the, the apostles being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And others mocking said, oh, they're full of new wine. But Peter, but Peter standing up. With the others, the 11, he raised his voice and spoke to them, and he began to share with them. Right here, you don't see Peter as the lead, you see Peter as the leader. Matthew, you saw him as the one that was led. Here, you see him. He's transitioned, he is the leader. Acts 2, verse 37, 38, 39, and 40. So, right here, he steps up and he begins to lead. He begins to speak to them. He begins to share with them. And they ask, he, they ask him, what must we do to be saved? Now, you got to know the audience, Tim. Who is he speaking to here? Kirk, he's speaking to the very people that crucified Jesus. Everybody say, Deniers. He is speaking to deniers that have seen something that they don't understand. So he steps up, no longer asking to be led. He steps up to lead. No longer asking for his denial to be restored. He's been restored, and now he steps up as the restorer to the denier. He speaks to them, and he says... Men and brethren, when they asked him, Men and brethren, what shall we do? He said to them, Repent. Denier, you want to be restored? Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to tell them, for this promise is to you and are all that are far off. And even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then you read, he told them, be saved from this perverse generation. And it says, then those who gladly received what he gave. Now the receiver has turned into the giver to many more receivers. And they were baptized. About 3,000 souls that day were added. You know what that means? About 3,000 deniers were restored because Peter was willing to transition from restore me, restore me, restore me, to restore me, to I'm going to restore you. He's operating inside of me, and I'm going to restore you. Now, what happened? What would have happened if he would have refused to transition from needing restoration to giving restoration? And who's going to miss out if you refuse to transition? Because one man was willing, 3,000 were added in one day. If you're not willing, how many are going to miss out? All right, now let's look at Peter here. Acts 3. Thank you, Michaela. You're doing a wonderful job. Acts 3. I want to thank the Lord for helping me. I have not gone this long without my nose dripping all day long. (laughs) Oh, and I I was dripping. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, so much. Okay, Acts 3. We're going to go 1 through 7. So we see Peter now as the leader. Everybody see it? And we see him as the restorer to the deniers or of the deniers. Now we're going to see him as the reacher. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Goes on and tells about him. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Now everybody look here. And he took him by the right hand. So now the reached that was sinking in doubt and fear has become the Reacher that is reaching down to someone who is lame this is what the Lord has said if my church wants to stay lame if my church wants to stay lame I'm gonna let them if they if they refuse to be willing to rise up, if they want to stay unable to walk, unable to rise up, always with their hand out, I'm going to let them. But if they will be willing to get big on the inside, I will empower them from going from a lame life to being able to reach the lame. Just lift your hand right now and say, Father, help me to not be so comfortable being lame that I choose to stay here now you're thinking none of us are lame we walked in here but I'm telling you what we need you to be reaching people and you can't reach people because you're staying in a lame state spiritually the harvest is requiring that you are able to give of yourself and reach out to someone else but you refuse to transition from this place. But Pastor Bree, I can't help anybody else because I need you to help me. But Pastor Jeremy, I can't help anybody else because I need you to help me. And God is saying he'll let you stay there if you insist on it. But there's a harvest that is so fulfilling to be able to reach. If you will be willing to get big on the inside and let God speak through a pastor to you to say, Grow up a little baby girl. Let's develop a little young man. It's okay. This is growing pains and this is development, but it's good for you. No, this is not a demon. This is immaturity. Let's deal with it. No, this is not everybody being mean to you. This is you need to mature. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you mature. No, everybody's not looking at you. No, everybody's not talking about you. This is your um, wrong way of thinking, your childish thinking. Let's develop this. Let's rise up out of this, okay? Look over to your friend and say, get big on the inside. People that don't get big on the inside have to continually find a pastor in a church that tells them what they want to hear. People that refuse to get big on the inside go from mentor to mentor to mentor to mentor until they find somebody that's going to tell them what they want to hear. So you pick up the phone and you call Lexi. Lexi doesn't tell you what you want to hear, so you pick up the phone and you call Tim. Tim doesn't tell you what you want to hear, and you're like, well, surely Kenneth will. No, Kenneth won't. And Kelly won't either. (laughs) And Casey won't either. And so if you don't watch it, everybody will be saying the same thing, and you refuse to see it. And that is where, that's what I'm talking about when I say you insist on being lame. Somebody, I'm not going to do it again, I do it every week. Lay on the floor. Somebody, please feel sorry for me. Now listen, Jaron actually did that. Jaron was our child where we had to keep saying, you got to get big. You're too old to cry. You can't keep acting like this. You can't keep pitching fits. And so I don't remember what, even what happened. And something happened, and we weren't feeling sorry for him. And he literally said, feel sorry for me. I feel like sometimes we as Christians are begging to God, saying, feel sorry for me, God. Send me somebody that will feel sorry for me. I have every right to feel like this and look like this. Feel sorry for me. And he has spoken and said, I will. And you're going to stay in that state as long as I keep feeling sorry for you. But if you'll let me love you, I will empower you to rise up out of that place and then go get others out of that place. I promise you, it's so much more fulfilling. I can't stay on this. i got a whole other part of the lesson i got to talk. Okay, talk about. Get to. Y'all make, it, y'all make it easy to teach hard stuff. Okay, so then Acts 10 and 44 Peter, how amazing. Peter is the one that the Lord said, I'm going to use you to open the door to the Gentiles. So just so you'll know, when Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit, you and I were excluded. We could have never been in the upper room on the day of Pentecost unless you're a Jew. Anybody, any non-Jews in the room, raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't invited. (laughs) At that point, you weren't the invited. But the Lord said, okay, Peter, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. So Acts chapter 10, Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and he gets to pass them the invitation. The invited became the inviter, and the Lord used Peter. To open the door to the Gentiles and the, the once invited got to watch new invitees receive, Lexi, the very same experience that he received. The Holy Spirit will be so much more rich in your life when you get to watch somebody else that you invited lift their hands and receive it. Like, the Holy Spirit automatically comes in the shareable size. It does. It automatically comes in the shareable size. It's not the personal size. It's not even the king size because it's not just to make you look like a king. It's the shareable size. Okay? So the Holy Spirit tastes better, feels better, is so much more rich when you share it. All right, so the invited moves to the inviter. Then, First Peter and Second Peter, the taught becomes the teacher. We today, thousands of years later, are being taught by somebody that was willing to transition from the taught to the teacher. Where am I getting with this? It's transition time for us as a church. If you're in this church body, we know that the Lord has been telling us it is time. It is time. It is time. Now, we have had miracles, signs, and wonders, and it was wonderful, but God did not intend the miracles, signs, and wonders were to draw us, and now it's time to develop. Okay? If we only are here for the miracles and the signs and the wonders, we can't endure to the end. It's going to take development to endure to the end. Jesus said, he, you want to know if you're saved? I'll tell you. If you endure to the end, you're saved. That's Jesus' words. He says, he that endures to the end, that's who is saved. So nobody in this room needs to be counting their chickens before they hatch. We need to develop. All right? So we can endure. Let's put up that picture, if we will. There you go. Once you were the reached, it is time for us to develop and to transition so that the the reached can become the reacher. Just leave that up there for a second. I want you all to look at that picture. Every one of us started out as part of the harvest. Someone labored for us. Someone interceded for us. Someone, I'm going to make it personal now, someone loved you. Someone reached out to you. Someone poured into you. Someone cried tears over you. Someone invested in you. And what if the person or the group of people that invested in us that are here, that are listening, what if the person or group of people that poured into us, that reached out to us, that loved us, that raised us up, had never transitioned from the harvest to the laborer? What if? What if they insisted on just staying in the harvest and not ever becoming the laborer? What if instead of being willing to pray for you, they always just expected people to pray for them? Where would you be? What if instead of pouring into you, I know I've said this the last couple of weeks, but maybe we need to hear it. What if instead of pouring into you, they were sitting with their cup out and their hand out saying, somebody pour into me, somebody pour into me, somebody pour into me. What? What if? What if investing into you instead of that, they sat around waiting on everybody else to invest into them? Here's the quote from my husband offense guard. Put up your offense guard, everybody. Put it up. Put up your offense guard, okay? (laughs) Beware of offense. We are raising up an army of people who can help people. We are not raising up an army of people needing help. Does that mean something's wrong with you if you need help right now? No. But I promise you, let me just give you a little insight. Our goal is not to leave you in that state. Our goal is not to leave you in the state that you're in right now. We are not wanting to just add to the army of people needing help. Jamie, you're a prime example. We want to reach out to you, and we want to raise you up. So that you can turn around and reach out to many others. We are not raising you up to stay, put your hand up, in this position forever. We are not raising up an army of people that want to stay in the need of help. We are raising up an army saying, come on, join this army, turn around and look at the harvest. Go get them. Go help them. Go love them. Go reach them. The helped become the helper. Helpers. Okay? That's our goal. So please don't let it offend you. The target... Is people needing help, but the goal is not leaving them in that condition. If you're still in the place of needing help, then you are our focus. But I will tell you if you are only coming here for money, we're not going to help you. We're going to give you greater than money. We're going to give you get big on the inside. We're going to help you work. We're going to help you save. We're going to help you reach people. We're going to help you be generous. We're going to help you steward. Okay. So just like Jesus didn't leave Peter in the state, he found him. We are not willing to leave you in the state we found you. And if you're coming saying, please make me comfortable in my dysfunction, you've found the wrong church. Because we're going to tell you, you are too good for that dysfunction. Take my hand. Get up out of it. And now that you understand all about it, go find 3,000 other people that are in the dysfunction that you were in. And go pull them out. Get up, get up, get up. I'm singing that Sunday, by the way. <laughs> all right. So just like Peter Just like Jesus didn't leave Peter in the state he found him, we're not willing to leave you in the state we found you. Jesus did not dismiss Peter because of the state he was in when Jesus invited him, and we're not dismissing you either. But I do want to speak to the church family. If you don't transition from the reached to the reacher, then we will accidentally dismiss people in need because we will overlook them trying to help you. I'm not saying you, you don't need help, but I am saying you will find some strength and you will find some fulfillment. If, even if you still need help, just see what it feels like to help somebody else. Just go ahead and tell your state you're in right now, I'm not staying here. This is temporary. I'm not even unpacking my suitcase because I don't plan to stay here. If you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, Don't stop. Okay? So listen here. We're not dismissing you. But neither did Jesus allow Peter to stay in that state. Rather, Jesus poured into Peter. He led Peter. He reached Peter. He taught Peter. He restored Peter. And on the day of Pentecost, he empowered Peter. So that then Peter could pour into. Peter could lead. Peter could reach. Peter could teach. Peter could restore. And Peter could watch others be empowered. So notice the order of events here. They're not coincidental. I kind of already made this point, but I'll say it again. Before Peter became the leader, the teacher, the reacher, etc., Jesus directed him to Jerusalem where he would empower Peter with his spirit. And why is this so important? Because the enemy is perfectly okay with you staying the reached. Perfectly okay with you staying the lead. He's perfectly okay with you staying the taught. You know, the enemy doesn't mind you coming to church week after week after week after week. He doesn't mind you being taught week after week after week. He just doesn't want you to change. He's okay with you hearing great teaching. He's okay with you feeling the presence of the Lord as long as you stay limp. As long as you stay lame. As long as you stay in the reached Posture, or the re- need-to-be-reached posture. He just doesn't want you to change. Let me. I've got 12 minutes to make my point of why we have to get big on the inside. It's important because, like I said, the enemy is okay with you staying in the position of the receiver. But once he sees you transitioning to the giver, to the reacher, to the helper, to the loving, to the teacher, you become dangerous to him. And once you become dangerous, boy, does he evermore unleash the opposition. Evermore does he leash. So it is extremely fulfilling. I say this, everybody's searching for fulfillment. They look for it in relationships, they can't find it in a good relationship, then they'll find it in a false relationship. They'll find it in a call girl. They'll it in a, They'll try to find it in an adult club. They'll try to find it, you know, I say, I might be giving it away, but one day I feel like I want to teach on virtuous versus virtual. Mm. If, I can't, if I can't get the virtuous, I'll settle for the virtual. He said he's preaching it. <laughs> Sunday, he's preaching it. Just come. Come listen. I'm not going to give it away. Anyway. (laughs) I got to go home with him. (laughs) So he starts heating up the pressure because you become dangerous to him. And if you don't get big on the inside, you won't be able to handle it. There's one thing you see in Acts that you did not see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Acts chapter 4, you see Mario, you see Peter imprisoned. You never saw him imprisoned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As the one needing to be reached, not imprisoned. As the one needing to be taught, not imprisoned. As the one needing the help, not in prison, but once he becomes the teacher and the leader and the helper, bam! Right off the bat, prison. And he didn't do anything wrong; he was imprisoned for doing everything right. I'm reading in Acts right now. Just I, I dare you, I encourage you, I invite you. Just go read the book of Acts and see how many times it says, as Peter began to reach, as Paul began to influence, then the religious people that actually uses this word got jealous. If you're going to become dynamic and you transition, and this is what I was going to say a minute ago. So people are looking for fulfillment. They try to find it. And when they can't find fulfillment, they look for it in a bottle or in a false relationship or in an experience. You will never find fulfillment traveling solo. Fulfillment does not travel solo. Fulfillment is on the piggyback of purpose. You'll only find fulfillment, lasting fulfillment, when you Meet your purpose, and when you walk in your purpose, and then as you walk in your purpose, you receive and you experience fulfillment. And it's crazy, it doesn't make any sense because your purpose is hard but so fulfilling. Hard but so fulfilling. So, if you're gonna, if you're looking for your purpose, God is demanding that you get big on the inside. If you're looking for fulfillment, Let me give you a hint. Get big on the inside so you can handle your purpose. That's where fulfillment is. But when we're not big on the inside, we run from the opposition. We run from the pressure. We run from the pain. We run from imprisonment. We run from the the religious jealous people. It hurts if we're not big on the inside. If there's nothing on the inside to rise up and say, girl don't you quit because your pastor might not always be around to say girl don't you quit once he sees you transitioning to the Reacher the loving the teacher you become dangerous to him and then he heats up the pressure and if you don't get big on the inside if we as a church don't get big on the inside we won't be able to handle it right off the bat Peter finds himself in in prison. So my point is this. If we're going to be the church of Jesus Christ that the gates of hell can't prevail against, we've got to get big on the inside. You're on the pitcher's mound, and I know you're down five to one. Get big on the inside. Rise up to the occasion. Because if this weapon keeps working, the enemy will never stop using it. All right, the word of the Lord told Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4 and 6. He said, it is not by might. It is not by power, but it is by my spirit. That means you got to have something so big, so sturdy, so strong, so mighty on the inside. So I know. The enemy has amped up his attacks on you. And this message is directly, D.C., if you'll come. House lights go down, please. This message is directly, and I want Whitney to go get ready at this time, if she will. So if you know it's time for you to transition, if you know that God has more for you and you're struggling Because every time you try to step up to the plate, it's opposition, it's pressure, it's attacks. Coming out of nowhere, that's never going to stop. This message is to you. If you know it's time to transition from the reached to the reacher. And the enemy has amped up his attacks on you. He's turned up the pressure. And it's worked. Listen to me. Quitting is not the answer. So I know everybody says, yeah, of course, we're not quitting. But stalling is not the answer. You won't outstall him. You won't outwit him. You won't outweight him. You just better get big on the inside and push through him. It's time to develop on the inside. It's time to get big on the inside. Stand to your feet, if you will. So what does it mean for the church for it's time to get big on the inside? This is what it means for the church. Our core has to grow. The core is the inside. The core group is the inside. If we have the church then the core group is the inside. So the Lord is saying it's time for us to get big on the inside. That means it's time for you to transition from the outside to the inside. It's time, if you are just on the outside, I know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to preach it until everybody's sick of hearing it, but this is where we are right now. It is the demand on us right now for the harvest. If I'm pointing my fingers at you, you're not the harvest anymore. I don't want to embarrass, um, I don't want to embarrass Brandy, but I'd like Brandy to come and I'd like Shay to come. Just come stand right here in the middle if you will. Yeah, that's Shay. Brandy is brand new. This is her fourth service. Now, she came years, years, years ago, but it's been a long time, and the Lord called her. He is pulling on her. This is her fourth service. Shay hasn't made it much more. This, they right now are the reached you are the reacher it's time somebody go from being loved to loving look how beautiful look how beautiful the harvest that's coming is beautiful so candace in the name of jesus i'm watching it happen you're no longer the outside you're the core come love because God is anointing you you needed love and you received love and I watched you love on her last week and it blessed me no longer are you ever on the outside Candace you're the core Diana you're not the outside anymore you're the core come reach Jamie you're not the one in need as much anymore you're the one you're the helper I promise you, you're going to love the harvest. They're going to be beautiful men. They're going to be handsome, uh, full of potential men, beautiful women. I think I said beautiful men. Beautiful women, handsome, with potential men. And you're going to love them. And you're going to have a heart for them. But we can't take care. Come here, Jason and Lauren. Come on up. We can't take care of them by ourselves. I want somebody else that's been loved and reached and helped. This is the harvest. Come love. Come reach. Come help. Transition from the outside into the core. I'm telling every one of you, you're no longer on the outside. You are the core, the inside. We've got to get big on the inside. Jeff, would you come? Would you come stand right here? Jeff is brand new, too. Come stand right here if you will. If you've ever been loved, reached, helped, taught, instructed, been on the receiving end, I want you to come give it to somebody else. We're going to wait until they get ready to baptize. But I want us to do two things right now. Mom, would you come? Pastor Susan? I want, if you, if you feel that you're ready for the transition, DC, I'm going to ask you to play a little louder, then I want you to come work. If you know that it's time and you're like this, you just can't quite do it, you're not quite ready, then I want my mom to anoint you. I want you to come right here and my mom is going to anoint those that you know it's time for you to transition, but you're just struggling, struggling with opposition. Let me get you some oil. So you got two places, you got two places either go to work or come and be ministered to. Go ahead. Keep playing. Y'all just stay right there. You came in at the perfect time for my lesson. Let us love on you. Let us, let us love on you. And I love to worship the transition father give me a heart for the harvest father strengthen me on the inside so that I can do and be what you've called me to do and be father forgive me for resisting development forgive me for resisting what you're trying to produce inside of me somebody say this Lord help me to develop help me to develop help me to get big on the inside So I could go from the reached to the reacher, from the taught to the teacher, from the loved to the loving. Jesus, name. this young lady in the baptistry, she's the harvest. We will be the church that God has called us to be. Come on, I want you to declare that. We will be the church that God has called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Baptize Whitney. We thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for redemption. Lord, we thank you for second chances. And we thank you for loving us, Whitney. Upon the confession of your faith and obedience to the Word of God, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In Jesus' name. I came to I rejoice with adore you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With the I came to. you